Welcome to episode 64 of the Travel and Adventure Photography School podcast. As always, I'm your host, Robert Massey. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am just super stoked that you're taking some time to improve your photography and increase your chances of capturing spectacular photos on your next adventure. This podcast is part of the educational arm of my photography business, Robert Massey Photography. We focus on crafting beautiful images in the great outdoors, and we sell a variety of prints of mountains, lakes, places in Calgary, Europe, and everywhere beyond. You can check out all the photos we have available along with the show notes for this episode on robertmasseyphotography.ca. Now, let's get on with the show. Spring has sprung and summer is on its way in Canada. And just last week, backcountry reservations opened for Banff National Park. This beautiful, picturesque place of nature is one of the most amazing places to go backcountry camping on the planet. And I've gone on a few overnight expeditions with my camera gear on my back, but honestly not nearly as many as I would like. So hopefully I'll be changing that this summer quite a bit. But even so, in those trips that I've done, I've learned a few things about backpacking with your camera gear. And now with the non-winter backpacking season here, I want to share some of those tips for you for how to get your camera gear into the backcountry. Because let's be honest, getting photos of those beautiful locations with lakes that most people never see and places that most people can't get to and that it's an effort to be at and an effort to get into is so worth it. It makes it so much more amazing to capture spectacular photos there. But it can be a bit of a nightmare to get your camera gear in there with you along with everything else you need. But before we get going with those tips today, a few caveats to this. These are general guidelines and things to think about. There are many determining factors as to what and why and how you should bring something, like the length of the trip, the difficulty level of the hike, and your own fitness. Plus, whatever it is that you're trying to capture or shoot while you are out there. I'll do my best to try and address some of those as we go through each tip, but take them into account as you are thinking about your own backpacking experiences. Secondly, this is mainly meant for people going backpacking for their own fun, not people who will be out there for work-related things where you will need a bunch of different gear, like creating a documentary or crafting images for a brand or anything like that. In those cases, you're going to likely need an extra one, maybe two, three people to help carry all the gear plus the necessary backcountry stuff. Heck, you might end up getting in there by horse or helicopter. There are just a number of different things that change when you need that amount of equipment. So for this episode, I'm talking about you carrying everything yourself. And if you are making a documentary or doing something like that in this case, send me a picture. I would so love to hear that story and see some pictures from your big backcountry experience with a lot of camera gear. Anyway, all right, let's get straight into those tips. Tip number one. Where is your gear going in your backpack? This is the single biggest difference maker in backpacking. You need a good backpack with the right features that also suits your body. I use an 85 liter Gregory backpack that, while it fits my body perfectly and is comfortable to carry, is missing features for carrying gear. I found out quickly that size matters in backpacking, especially with the added equipment and camera gear. I used a 50 liter f-stop gear bag on a couple of overnight trips and that wasn't nearly enough space. I tried loading up a 70 liter and while it worked, it was tight and seams were bulging. So 
I landed on an 85 liter bag. Now this is a bit excessive for one night trips, but it means I can carry whatever gear I need on almost any trip anywhere. So for starters, you need to think about the size of the bag you will need. If you're only planning one night rips, then a smaller 70 liter backpack may suit you fine. Heck, if you get smaller amounts of gear and littler things with you, you might be able to get away with a 50 liter bag for one night rips. But anything more extended, and you will start wanting that extra 15 liters of space to fit in your gear alongside extra clothes and food. So think carefully about everything that you need to take with you to go backpacking. And then start deciding on the size of bag you need. Next up, features. There are the obvious ones we've talked about before, like fit, straps, and belts. But there are also camera-specific needs that you really have to think about. How will you store your gear securely but still have access to it? This is a big one. On my first overnight trip, I didn't have room in the bag for an internal camera unit and the backpacking gear I needed. So I carefully set the camera on top of everything else at the top of the pack. Yeah, not the best way to care for my gear, but I honestly couldn't think of what else to do in that point. Since then, I have learned thankfully. So now I use a top accessible camera bag in my current setup that is the final thing to be packed. This bag stores my camera, extra lenses, and most of my accessories like batteries, memory cards, and filters. This is essentially a fanny pack slash sling style bag that is the exact dimensions of the top of my bag. And so I loaded up with my camera gear and just set that down in on top of everything else once I have loaded the backpack. This is great because it works in two ways. If we decide to go exploring when we hit camp, I've got a bag to bring gear and water. Then it also protects my equipment while it's in the backpack. And it's top accessible, meaning I don't have to take the case out if I want to shoot anything on the trail. I just pop open my backpack and there is all my gear. Now, I also use a Peak Design Capture camera clip to have my camera hanging on the backpack while I hike. That way, I don't need to take the pack off to get at my gear. There was one problem I ran into, though. Where I wanted to mount the camera clip, the Peak Design Capture camera clip, wouldn't work because of the thickness of the straps and a lack of mounting options anywhere in that area. Simply put, the capture camera clip didn't go big enough to be able to mount on the shoulder straps. This was an important lesson that I learned. I didn't bring the clip along with me and actually measure to make sure that it would actually fit on the backpack where I wanted it to. Now, I've made it work since discovering this, but if you use a system like Peak Designs or Polar Pro's Traverse Strap Mount, make sure it will actually mount where you are comfortable with it on the bag. So I'd suggest bringing it with you when you are making your decision on backpacks. Next question you need to ask yourself, where is your tripod going? I have kicked myself more than once for not bringing a tripod or the right tripod because it was too heavy or didn't have anywhere to go. So Look carefully at your backpack and decide where the tripod can be mounted securely and won't get in the way of any access points. Make sure you take into account the length of the tripod when looking and the diameter as well. I honestly thought my tripod would fit perfectly into one location until I realized that when it was folded down, it was too big for where I wanted it to mount. And when it was opened up all the way, it would flop around. So I had to make do and jerry-rig something up on the side of my bag. So when you go looking for a backpack, take your tripod with you and try strapping it into a few places to make sure that it will work on your bag. 
Now, there are quite a few camera bag companies that are making fantastic backpacking gear right now that you should probably look at if you are really going out and buying a bag. So one of them is Shimoda Designs. You should look into their Action X70 bag. This is a fantastic, durable, everything huge backpack that has some specific camera components to it that make accessing your gear, keeping it safe, and getting all of your other adventure gear onto the outside as well, like special compression straps and just a whole bunch of really well thought out, spectacular features. So that's the Shimoda Designs Action X70 backpack. You should also check out the Atlas Packs, A-T-L-A-S Packs, and learn about their adventure pack. It's got a really amazing origami system for storing your camera equipment. It's got lots of space to put all your extras into it. There's just a really amazing set of features in these bags that they're built for adventure and exploring people. And they're super diverse in the way that you can get camera equipment into them. So check out Atlas Packs and their adventure pack. And that's a good possibility for somebody who's looking for their first backpacking bag. And finally, there's the old standby, the ones who really started this push into the adventure bag market is F-Stop Gear. They've been doing this for a long time. They have pretty spectacular bags. So I'd fully suggest that you go and check out the work that they're doing. They have a 70 liter and an 80 liter bag so you can get one that kind of suits your style and suits what you need. All right, so that is a lot on backpacks right there, but honestly, you're backpacking. So the way your camera gets carried in your backpack, how you take your stuff with you, that makes a huge difference on if you'll even be able to get gear in with you. So spend a lot of time thinking about how you will get your camera gear into that backpack, onto it, whatever, and getting it into the backcountry with you. All right, we're going on to tip number two. Bring enough power. Unless you're carrying a solar panel with you, you won't be able to charge up your batteries indefinitely. So make space to bring enough power with you. This can be done via camera batteries, where you should always have at least one extra battery on hand, but you could just bring seven or eight batteries with you, depending how long you're going to be out there. Or, and this is a bit of a nifty change with newer cameras, is the ability to charge your camera battery in the camera itself via USB-C. This makes it so much easier to plan what power sources to take, as you could bring one sizable external battery and recharge both your camera and your phone and any other USB charged electronics all at once, rather than a bunch of different power solutions for all of your devices. Honestly, my preference is to have four batteries on hand so I can switch them out quickly, as well as a significant power bank for charging everything. I currently have a battery pack that can recharge my iPhone 11 eight times fully, so from fully dead to fully charged before it dies. That's a lot of power in that little tiny brick. So this gives me more than enough power to recharge my camera and phone multiple times on a two-night trip. And with the extra batteries, I've never even come close to running out of juice. Whatever you choose to do, make sure you bring enough power with you so your camera doesn't become a brick in the bottom of your bag. All right, tip number three, shave down the weight. Weight and space are the two biggest issues in backpacking. You can't carry a 100-pound backpack for days on end, and you really don't want to. And you can't fit everything into a finite space, so you have to find a place to shave some weight. This can be done a couple of ways. Firstly, with your gear. Think carefully about what you are expecting to shoot and what you need with you, and leave the large primes at home. 
you are much better off carrying a couple of moderate zooms than five or six prime lenses covering the same focal length. Yes, there is an image quality difference, but you need that weight and space for more important things like food and shelter. Please prioritize having enough food rather than one more lens. Ideally, my backpacking kit includes these two lenses, an RF 24-105 f4. This is the everyday walk-around lens that's a good mixture of weight, size, and image quality. This is the one I would take with me when I'm just going out exploring, walking around, and I just need something there that does a good job of everything because I can't bring everything else with me. And lens number two would be an IRIX, I-R-I-X, EF mount, 15mm f2.4. Now, this is for wide-angle shots and night photography. Now, it is a manual lens, so there's lots of weight savings not having that autofocus gear in there, and it has specific astro features or low-light features that are very nice, like special coatings on the lettering to reflect light back a little bit easier so you can see the lettering a little bit simpler, and a manual focus ring that locks into its proper spot at infinity so you're not guessing around at trying to get to infinity when you're shooting the stars. And they're built solid, so you can get them out into the wilderness and not really be too worried about them. Now, I'd replace this with an RF version if the company ever releases one. Now, you could go with a 16-35 f2.8 and a 24-105 f4, but I like the weight savings that the Manual Focus Prime offers. Plus, I shoot a lot at the 16mm focal length and not nearly as much closer to 35. So, 15mm works really well for me. Plus, there's only, what, a 9mm difference between the end of the 24's length and where the 15 sits. So really, I can get most of what I would want to do in there without needing that extra 9mm. If I have the extra space and the trip isn't too arduous, I may throw in my 70-200 f2.8 with a tele-extender for wildlife and compression shots. But that's honestly only happened once, and that trip was only 4 kilometers in and on mostly flat ground. Something like the RF 100-500 or the EF 100-400 would also be a fantastic choice if you love shooting wildlife. Then bring that in there rather than doing something that's specifically to landscape photography. That's going to be a choice you have to make based on the shooting style and what you like to photograph. Now, of course, if you're heading in somewhere looking for wildlife, of course this changes things. But that is a particular use case, and then you will really need to think about where the rest of your weight and space is being dedicated. Now, I'd also argue that you should leave the second body at home, unless, of course, you are doing a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. But, again, that's a special use case and should be considered in your packing and planning process. If this is a pretty standard, fantastic backpacking trip, but nothing, you know, once-in-a-lifetime about it or anything, then leave the second body at home, because it falls into that what-if category. And that extra space and weight that it's taking up is going to stop you from bringing something else that you might possibly need, and it's going to slow you down a little bit, take away your energy. Just go out and enjoy the trip the best that you can. Now, if you are still looking to shave ounces, then look towards the rest of your gear. I still have some pretty bulky things, like a synthetic-filled sleeping bag rather than a down-filled one, and a fairly hodgepodge cooking setup that I could streamline down. Streamlining those options would be a great way to reduce my pack weight. And honestly, that would also give me more room for camera equipment, which I guess negates the weight savings. But then, hey, more camera gear. So, you know, it's a trade-off. But if I could streamline my pack down, it would mean more space for other essentials, like 
more camera equipment. All right, going on to tip number four. Do you really need that? Or do you just want it? I think the header says it all. And reiterating what I've said previously here and in other episodes, you need a reason to bring something with you and not a vague, oh, maybe this will happen reason. You need an actual reason that has an actual probability of happening. Believing you may get to see Bigfoot, possibly, perhaps, because you know there's always a chance, doesn't mean you get to bring your 400mm 2.8 lens. Be realistic and honest with yourself. Do you need it? Or do you just want it? All right, tip number five, be prepared for your hikes to take longer. You should know this one already, being that you're a photographer that hopefully hikes if you're thinking about backpacking, but your trip will take extra long. It just is what it is with us photographers. The other day, my wife and I spent, oh, probably two hours in a place that most people only spend 20 minutes because we were exploring and taking photos and really just enjoying the space that we were in. But our trips take forever because I'm stopping to shoot constantly. So plan for that extra time. A lot of backpacking trips will take most of a day to get into your location, hiking 12 to 15 kilometers with a lot of weight on your back. This can be a very slow moving process, and it gets slower if you're shooting at the same time. But this shouldn't stop you from shooting you should be taking lots of photos. Try to plan ahead on the trail and give yourself an extra couple of hours to get to your campsite. You don't really want to have to be rushing there at dark or at dusk or whatever to set up camp and do everything because you stopped so often along the trail. And you also don't want to have to rush through taking photographs. So give yourself lots of time. Also, look at what features are on the path that you may want to stop at. Say there's a waterfall that you're going to be walking by, and honestly, you will want to stop to get some long exposure shots of it, so build that into your hiking time. Make sure that you take account for it. But don't stop yourself from shooting. Just be ready for it. All right, tip number six, make time for sunrise and sunset photography as well as eating breakfast and dinner. All right, so I've done this a few times. I'm definitely talking about this from experience here, where I've wanted to get up and shoot sunrise, but we also needed to get going early-ish. So I skipped breakfast to go shooting. This seemed like a great idea while the sun was rising and the images were being taken and things were beautiful and golden and colorful and fantastic. But this was a bad idea for the middle of the day. When we were moving lots And I was all kinds of hangry and tired and in just a generally not so great mood, which wasn't pleasant for me or any of my traveling friends. So make sure you take proper care of your artistic craft and your body by scheduling time to have both. This may mean getting up extra early to grab something to eat before sunrise hits. Definitely done this one. Or you may need to plan a breakfast you can eat while you're taking some long exposure shots done this one too. But whatever you choose to do, just make sure you are getting the nutrients you need for being on the trail. Hiking is a lot of work. Hiking with camera equipment is even more work. Hiking with your home, clothing, food, and camera gear on your back is a ton of work, and your body needs the energy to do it. So feed it well, but also feed your artistic craft. And finally, tip number seven. Where will your gear live 
while you're at camp. Whether you're setting up for a single night or you're base camping somewhere for two weeks, it doesn't matter. You need your gear to be somewhere safe and dry. Now, this may be a pretty easy answer for some and a much harder answer for others. If you're camping in a dry, warm, wonderful climate, then leaving your gear just tucked beside your tent is an easy answer. I have done this a couple of times. But you need to be pretty certain that things aren't going to get wet. Sand and other things aren't going to blow in there. Just You're not going to run into issues with your camera gear being left just outside your tent. Or if you have a large enough tent, then maybe you can get that gear in there with you. Those are easy answers. But if you have a small one-person tent or your two-person tent is taken up by two people, then you may not have enough room for your gear inside with you. For those who have never stayed in a backpacking tent, they are significantly smaller than the big, huge tents you're going to find in a lot of car camping sites. This reduces size, weight, everything else, because you're carrying it in with you on your back a long ways. So you don't actually always have room for all of your gear inside the tent with you, which can lead to some tough decisions. Are you okay leaving it on the ground outside overnight? Is there snow on the ground out there? Is there a chance of rain? Is it really wet out there? Is there lots of mud? Is there a chance that, say, a little creek might flow through right beside your tent? Then leaving your gear outside is not the best option because you don't want it sitting in something wet at all, let alone all night. Even if it's inside a protective case, you just don't want to be doing that. So you may need to think of creative solutions to keep your camera gear safe while you're backpacking. I've stored gear inside bear lockers overnight, keeping just the batteries and memory cards with me in my sleeping bag so they've stayed warm. I've used my hard-sided camera case as a pillow, thankfully not out camping but in an airport, but I'd imagine the principle is pretty much the same thing. I've slept with my camera basically tucked in beside my head, and yes, I did roll over onto it a couple of times with my head, but it was much better than leaving it outside in the wet and the rain and leaving it inside the bear lockers, which definitely were not waterproof. And one of my favorite solutions I've seen from other photographers is actually a gear hammock inside the tent itself. This would hang from the ceiling and eliminates pretty much any ability to sit fully up in the tent, but it gives you somewhere to put extra gear, hang things, whatever. I love this option because it makes excellent use of space that isn't really well used unless you need to hang out inside your tent for hours on end. Just make sure the hammock and the tent can both take the weight of what you are planning to put up there. A little Olympus Micro Four Thirds camera and a couple of lenses weigh a lot less than a Canon 1DX Mark III and a telephoto. Take that weight into account. You don't want to be ripping your tent while you're out in the backcountry, especially if you're a few days back there because sleeping and staying places are just going to get nasty. And that's it. Those are the seven things I realized are pretty essential to ask yourself while backpacking with your camera equipment. Now, why would you do this to yourself? I think I addressed this off the top really quickly, but I just want to layer this back in here again for you. Going out to places like Lake Louise and Moraine Lake or any of those other really touristy spots that you can just drive up to and walk in and five minutes later you're somewhere beautiful and amazing is fantastic. I love going to those places and taking photos. But it's also remarkable to go in somewhere where few other people are going to see it and even less people are going to bother trekking in the kind of camera equipment that we plan on taking with us. And that to me is what makes this so special and so worth the extra headache and pain and annoyingness of carrying around 
10 extra pounds of things on our back with a camera and a tripod. If you've never done it yourself, look to a friend who has. Get a lot of advice before you just decide to head into the backcountry. There can be a lot of things that go wrong very quickly and a lot of little things that you need some advice and some thoughts on before you go out and do it. Reach out to your local outdoors equipment store when you go to pick up some gear and ask them for advice if you've never done it. And if you have been doing this a lot, I'd love to hear from you. I have the things that I have learned, but I'm not an expert in this by any stretch. I will never become an expert in doing this because things change constantly and I'm always trying to make myself more efficient and better with my backpacking gear. So let me know what's important to you. Let me know what you do if you're a consistent backpacker with camera equipment. I would love to know more tips, solutions, and ideas, partly to make my trips better and more exciting. Or if you've got any questions for yourself, drop them my way. I'll do my best to answer them for you. Now, I love talking about photography with people. You know that if you've listened to this podcast at all. That's the reason I started this. I wanted a community of like-minded photographers out there who are all just about getting out, exploring, and seeing the beauty of this big, beautiful world of ours. If you've got questions about photography, if you just want to let me know about something you are doing in it, if you just want to send me a message and say, hey, do it, send me a DM on Instagram at Robert Massey Photography. I love hearing from people. And if you're curious, if you want to see some links to the couple of backpacks I mentioned, or if you just want to read along and remember the notes that we put out here, you can find them online for this episode and all other episodes on robertmasseyphotography.ca. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate everybody who is listening and everybody who's participating and being a part of this with me. I just love that you are taking the time to think about your adventures and taking that camera with you. Now, Get out there and go on an adventure. Let's adventure. Bye for now.